Welcome to the Confidence Mastery Unlock Your Life podcast. Covering the most essential areas of personal development for ultimate success. Your health, wealth, and happiness. Your host, Natalie Bailey, the confident entrepreneur. Natalie is a confidence coach, property developer, and bright red-haired fitness fanatic who is going to take you on a journey to confidently create a more inclusive, more successful, and fulfilled life. Get listening, take action, and unleash your inner confidence. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Confidence Mastery Unlock Your Life. We have the amazing Anna Parker Naples with us. Welcome, Anna. Hey, hey, Natalie. Great to be here. Thank you you for having me. joining us. (laughs) And on this special day, International Podcast Day, and you are known as the Podcast Queen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, anyone who has been thinking about having a podcast definitely needs to get on board. So that's maybe one question I'm going to ask you back, Natalie. Yeah. What's been the impact of you having your own show? Because you've had this, must be coming up a year, maybe longer than a year. Yeah, we're on 90 episodes now. And I looked it up and we're in the top 2.5% globally. Mm -hmm. So I think reaching a global audience and knowing that people are listening makes a massive difference. So I have people contacting me regularly to either say they've enjoyed episodes or they've got something out of it or they want to be a guest and things like that. And it's just from strangers from all, all over the place. And I just think, wow, I actually am making an impact. Yeah. And I think that I think that's what we hear we hear from a lot of our clients is that there's been people who following them who would never normally reach out to them or let them know that they have, mm-hmm. but something they've said on a podcast has spurred them to get in touch, but they would never comment on a live or a Facebook post or a LinkedIn post or anything like that. You never know who's watching. No, Quite a lot no. of the lurkers come out of the cupboard when they've um when they've listened to a podcast that resonates with them. They do. And it's, it's so nice as well. I've had quite a few people like do a random post because they've listened to an episode uh-huh. and I don't even know that they listen. And that means a lot to me because it does show that people are always watching and listening yeah. and knowing that you are helping other people through what you do. That's part of the reason I do what I do. Yeah. And that was something I wanted to ask you. Like, why do you do what you do? <laughs> Kind of, kind of twofold, really. So, for for those of you who don't know, I kind I worked in audio as a voiceover artist and an audio producer for a long time, mostly because I'd reached rock bottom as an actor, and then I was told I'd never walk again. And audio and voice acting became the way that I could have some semblance of something for myself that wasn't about disability, that wasn't about being a young mum. And it basically gave me hope and opportunity. And I hated all of the tech, which is ironic because that's now what we teach people. But it gave me a sense of being able to get my voice out there. And at that point, I was really sharing other people's words. And as a result, I went on and I became hugely successful. And I won loads of awards in the UK and over in the States. And I was up for my seventh award in Hollywood, literally on the red carpet. I'd completely transformed my life. Uh, and I'd fully recovered. And I'm, and I was like, I don't know why this has happened to me. It's been really crazy, but I want other people to know that this is out there for them. I want other people to know, I don't want to be behind the mic telling it, saying other people's words anymore, even though that was, that was what I was really, really well known for. 
I actually want to tell my own story and show others that they can change theirs. So I came into the online space, if you like, not having any interest in really running a business, as it were, but with that mission to tell my own story. And what kept happening, as I was saying, I'm not working in audio anymore. I'm not working in audio anymore. Is that more and more entrepreneurs kept coming to me as I was raising my profile saying, how do I do this? How do I, how do I do this in audio? I'm starting a podcast. Can you help me? And I used to just sort of ignore it. Just wasn't looking at the signs. And then I launched, I had my own first podcast, which isn't yeah. live anymore. And I had, it had done well, but not, I couldn't really understand like how are people like John Lee Dumas who has host entrepreneurs on fire? How, how is he having such astonishing success? So I, I just did a ton of research because I thought, well, I know we've got the quality, the audio quality sorted, but how does this work for income? How does it work for profit? How does it work for really growing your audience and for business? And so more and more people were saying, you know, how do we do this? How do we do this? So I, I, in the end, I read a book on podcasting in the back of my mind thinking, eventually I'll do this, but it wasn't really where my heart was. And this book was the biggest pile of rubbish I've ever read, Natalie. (laughs) (laughs) And I will never publicly say who wrote it, but it was about podcasting, someone who I knew and they were quite well respected. And I just thought, I literally sat in my parents' garden and went, this is the worst $11.99 I've ever spent. Why doesn't somebody write a book and tell people how to actually do it? And so that's what I did. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and it's just kind of escalated from there at the same time that podcasting was growing. So now I run the podcast membership, which is lots of DIY trainings on how to start, grow, scale, um, and be a good guest because there are various ways to be good and how to be rubbish at it. Uh, And then I run uh, the podcast agency and we now launch some of the top global podcasts a lot of them are uk-based people or british people but around the world Um, we help them to get their podcasts launched really uh, powerfully so whether they're an entrepreneur or they're working in the mindset field and that feels that feels really nice because i guess i've gone from that point of wanting other people to realize that you can change how you think and feel to supporting other entrepreneurs to get their own messages out there which are a lot about changing your thoughts changing your behaviors and changing your life so in a nutshell <laughs> <laughs> I think you've got like such a powerful story and a powerful message to tell people to you know turn your life around and if you can you know go from how how you were I'll let you share a bit more about your story yeah. in, in a bit and um, like because I think a lot of people they get stuck they think that they can't do something they they put themselves in a box because of you know, either the, like the way they've been brought up or what the people around them are telling them. And you have to have such passion for life, I think, to to change things and turn things around. And that's something that you did in a huge way. Yeah. And that message is something that I think more people need to hear. Absolutely. And that sits behind the core of everything that I do. So my podcast is called Entrepreneurs Get Visible. So obviously I'm speaking to business people right now. My message actually could be for anyone, but if you try and speak to everyone, it works for nobody. But that get visible piece, I talk a lot about how you become well-known for what you do, how you become successful, how you need to make sure other people understand what you do. But also that, that get visible part is about seeing and owning your own potential. 
Because when you get yourself out of the way, when you stop being fearful about being judged, when you think I can rather than I can't, literally anything can happen. And you alluded there a little bit about, about my story. So 11 years ago, I started working as a voiceover artist from home, literally in my airing cupboard in my wheelchair, because I'd gone to see an NLP practitioner neuro-linguistic programming, which I'm sure Natalie's talked about a bit on, on this show, who, and at this point, I wasn't getting out of bed. I just had my third child. I'd been told to expect to never walk again. I wasn't washing, wasn't changing my clothes. I mean, I was, I, I was a mess. About as a, and I, yeah. I, and I, I think I was spiraling and I knew that. And I didn't even go and see someone because I thought I could get better. I went to see someone because I didn't think it was fair on the children from, and my husband. We just got married when all this happened. Did think it was fair on them to have to put up with me. And some of, uh, some of the questions he asked me that day really got me thinking. And for me, so the, the three main questions were this. What if the doctors were wrong and you could recover? which I hadn't even thought about because I'd been so locked into, oh my God, poor me. Hadn't even thought, well, what if I could recover? Yeah. The doctor was right. So it's about your model of the world. Are the doctors always right? Or can your body heal itself? Two, what would it be like if you could be recognised as an actor from home in your wheelchair and be there to do the school run? So there were a few different beliefs that were in there. One, as an actor, I couldn't make money. Two, I couldn't be a good actor and be there for my children, be the kind of mum I wanted to be. Uh, and three, that in order to be an actor, you had to be constantly at someone else's beck and call. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so what would it be, if I, be like if I didn't have to think that way? And then the other thing is, um, did, I, did I know anybody who had been successful in their life from a wheelchair? And that was really interesting because I was being treated at Stoke Mandeville, which is the home of the Paralympians, uh -huh. with way worse, worse situations than me. And so as a result of just that initial conversation, I started to think, well, what, what would it be like? What would it be like? And I started to see that there were actually opportunities around me. I'd actually worked as a voice voiceover artist and I'd done things like promos for Pingu and I'd worked One for Ardman Animation. Yeah, yeah. And I'd worked <laughs> for Ardman Animation in between a touring as an actor. I was a very, very serious actor. I loved Shakespeare. And <laughs> it was all about words, which is really interesting given that that's what I do now. I help yeah. people get louder. And I'd always, I'd always done the voiceover stuff. I'd just have to go into a really cool studio, pop in for 20 minutes, get paid really nicely, and then go back on tour. Never really thought about it as something I could do long-term. But the technology changed in that period as well. And I became one of the first British voiceover artists to really champion working from home. And of course, I had to champion that because I couldn't travel. Yeah. And I actually ended up doing lots of talks and debates and panels about the new opportunities that were interestingly being grasped in America because they could access more talent so that not everyone had to live in New York or LA. Mm -hmm. They were taking it on board. But in Britain, I was like the black sheep. <laughs> the, the, the ironic thing being is that they were being paid peanuts, but I was working for the States and earning a fortune and we were doing the same work. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I, I never... If, you, if, if 26 year old me 
knew what I did now, she'd think it was bonkers. <laughs> so, um, but it's, it's funny, cool. isn't it? Yeah, it is cool. And it is, it is funny, isn't it? When you think when you were younger or, you know, 20 years ago, if you knew then what you know now, you, you would laugh in your own face because your mindset is so different mm-hmm. and the things that you go through as you learn to grow and as, as you do grow and you experience things that you wouldn't think like it's the same for me yeah like tw- what 20 years ago I was 12 so <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit older still looking youthful and fresh though <laughs> you do you look amazing <laughs> um, but even like for me 10 years ago and I worked in the city and I used to think that anybody who's from London that didn't live in London was mental. Mm-hmm. And I spent nine years in Mallorca and nine months in Barbados and I've traveled into so many places by myself. And I used to think that that was crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting, isn't it? How, as you grow and experience life, you you change what it is and the things that are important to you. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I think for listeners of your show and the message around confidence mastery is that doing this work to start to think differently and behave differently isn't a done deal. Mm. Both Natalie and I, we might not share all of this publicly, but I've had had a really tough year, both of us, personal yep. challenges. And some of that we might share with our audiences when we're ready. Other of that we keep behind closed doors and that's okay. But you have to dig into the work again. Like, for example, yeah. I've, had, I've had so much pressure on me from all, all, all kinds of places <laughs> that I don't go into publicly. Yeah. But I had noticed that my thoughts were, oh, my God, this is so hard. And that's so I'm really starting to have that self-pity again. Mm-hmm. And to a certain extent, actually, there's a little bit of us that enjoys that. We do enjoy that a little bit. We do like getting sympathy from people. Yeah. But when I start to notice that it's creeping into everything that I'm doing and everything I'm talking about, well, now I know I have choice. And that's really different because I didn't used to know I had choice. Mm. I think that's a really important thing. Like there is choice. And Mm -hmm. one of the things I put out is happiness is a choice. You can choose to look for the positives in, in a bad situation because, yeah, there have been a lot of really crap things going for so many, like, well, everyone around the world recently. And like you say, we've both had a lot of challenges that some, some are shared and some are not. But if you choose to dwell on all of the negativity, you end up spiralling down again. Mm-hmm. But focusing on, okay, what is this here to teach me? Okay, now now you're talking. Now this is a thing that I come back to all, all the time. What if this awful thing that's happening for me right now is actually showing me something much better that I've been too blind to see? And I've been through that myself massively. Mm -hmm. You know, I I had to take a week and a half ago, I had to take a whole week off because the pressure had got too much. But because I gave myself that space, some things I'd been blocking in my business and my own development suddenly became clear. Because I stopped fighting and I stopped, I stopped feeling like I was blocked all the time. And I notice I'm blocking myself rather than yeah. me being blocked. And, and then the ideas start to come in. That's when your creativity comes in. But it, it does all come down to recognizing what you're thinking, saying and behaving like so that you can yeah. do something about it. 
I mean, for me right now, those challenges that I have aren't going away. The only thing I can do is notice that they're becoming stresses for me and choose choose how I look after myself to get myself through those those challenges. I think that's the bit that a lot of people don't recognize is what are the trigger points and how do I do something about it? So what would you recommend to people for helping them to notice those things in order to get their life back on track? So I'm actually I'm actually going to share what happened for me when I'm in that state where I'm not washing, I'm not going out of bed, I can't lift the children. I've been told that, you know, that could cripple me if I do. And it's horrendous because they were babies. Well, I realized through having that first conversation that actually what I was talking about a lot was depression. I was talking about how unfair my life was, how resentful I was, how overlooked I was. Now, bearing in mind at that point, I thought I wanted to be on stage as an actor because that's what I'd been training and working in. But that I had a belief behind that, that if I was ever successful as an actor, I would sabotage my personal life. And if I was successful as an actor, I could never have any money. And yet I wanted money because it was mm-hmm. a core value from my upbringing. And so I had this belief that as, as a, an attractive white brunette British girl, that I had no chance because everybody looked like me. And... So I would go into auditions already deciding that I was going to be rejected. And when you believe those kinds of things about yourself, you carry them in your body. And so for me, actually, a lot of that had come from horrendous things that happened to me in my teens. I was badly attacked. Uh, I had to have plastic surgery on my face and all sorts of nasty, nasty things. But really from that sense of rejection and not belonging and not not being enough for people, which we all have to some extent. But what I did after that conversation that day was I came home and I said to Jeff, my husband, who was frankly sick to the back teeth of hearing me talk about how bad my life was because we'd only just got married as well. So (laughs) it wasn't the most fun new wife. And I said to him, okay, look, this is what we're going to do. I'm not allowed to talk about how bad things are ever, 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 ever. And we're going to have one signal that instead of me, when I'm having a really bad time, saying to you, oh my God, I'm going to have to call my parents and they're going to have to help because things are so bad and I can't do anything. Instead of that, all I was going to be able to say was, Jeff, I'm having a healing day and then zip it. And Mm -hmm. that would be his cue to go to my parents and say, just remember, you're not reminding Anna that life is tough, but we need you to pick up, sort out the children today. To say to my friends, we need support today in this particular way. Remember, you're not to talk to Anna about how she is. And what what often happens with our friends and family, actually, is that they care about us. So they will ask, how are you today? Yeah. Your pain. Um, Well, that for me was licensed to remind myself that my life was rubbish and then go on the sob story. Often we say these things on a loop, right? We say it over and we've all got our own sob story that we can reel off at the click of a finger. And (laughs) uh, and what happens if you stop yourself saying that? Mm -hmm. Uh What what happens is the stuff changes really quickly. Yeah. Really quickly because there's space to say something different. And the first, I think the first thing we noticed was there was space for my husband and I to talk about something other than how bad my life was. And... 
there was time. And then I noticed that actually there are opportunities for me, even if my life is like this right now. And actually telling myself my body has the capacity to heal Mm -hmm. rather than I'm broken forever. It's a different story. Totally different story. And I I do want to say I never, ever actually thought I would be walking again at that point. But I was I was so broken. I was prepared to go all in with testing it because I had nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, you know, and like right now I'm having to go back into, into the work. What have I been saying lately about my life? That's actually making me more stressed. Mm-hmm. What happens if I shift that? What, what story do I want to tell? And actually I find, I, I will, I'll share this quite openly. I find in the online space and being really visible myself and having, having a successful business that sometimes it can be really triggering when you're in a bad place personally to see other people being successful. successful. <laughs> okay. And, and what's ironic about this is that I, I have a successful business, but when I'm not in a good place emotionally, it was hard to see those things. So I then had to unfollow a whole load of people, mm-hmm. friends even, because I needed to focus on me and what I'm doing and go back to why I'm doing it. Yeah. Why am I doing why am I now having this conversation with you why am I putting a post on social media and I almost drown out everything else and focus on what I'm doing and what I'm doing is healing myself at the same time as allowing others to heal themselves that makes perfect sense actually the well when this comes out of my podcast the last podcast episode I was talking about a similar thing on focusing on yourself and blocking out other things so that you can heal so you can learn to be happy and focused and Mm -hmm. it then makes you a better person to everybody else in your life yeah like I'm a massive advocate of being selfish but not to the point of the where it's detrimental to other people but taking that bit of time out to go actually I need to work on me here otherwise I end up being a bad mom a bad wife a bad whatever you know relationship to other people because you haven't gone and thought well actually I need to do this and I think that once you take that step back and go let's get rid of that noise you start to learn to become more confident again I think it's also about taking responsibility yeah often when we're in blame and lack we're sort of wanting other people to sort the the shit out and when you start to think about what you really do actually want your life to look like well, whose responsibility is that to make it happen? It's only yours. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's a really important message, actually. You know, people need to take responsibility for themselves because no one's going to do it for them at all. So that's what I say about, like, you know, your health. You, you, I can't go to the gym for you. I wish you could, Natalie. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't <laughs> even honest, like gyms. To be honest, I probably do enough gym for both of us. <laughs> That's kind. I'm more uh, force myself to do some exercise at home in front of a video. That's more my kind of, but it makes such a difference so quickly. It such does. A difference. It does make such a difference. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't have your abs though. <laughs> I don't have your Wonder Woman bikini either. No. Well, maybe maybe we should work towards that. That's a goal. Because <laughs> well, I'm going on this trip to NECA next year. 
as part of the collective, we, we'll be working with Virgin Unite and Richard Branson. Yeah. And everyone else I'm going with has got like beautiful bronze skin. And I am the palest woman in the world. Own Even normally. Show. Own it. Own it. Own normally, it. I'm like Gross. almost purple with see-throughness. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I'm already thinking, oh my God, it's it's not even about the tone. I can cope with that. It's the skin tone there. Just own it. (laughs) Own it. You know that. Own it. I know. (laughs) (laughs) You're really visible yourself Mm -hmm. and you understand the importance of that, obviously um, not through being nearly purple. (laughs) (laughs) But why do people need to understand the importance of getting visible? Okay, so... I actually believe that most business owners have a bigger, bigger mission behind what they're doing, whether they consciously become aware of that or not. There's often some element of service or giving back through our businesses, or there could be if you delve deep and found that. If you can't communicate clearly what you do, nobody else can remember and refer you. Mm-hmm. You never know on social media. We have this gift of social media. You never know who is watching, who is following. You never know which of those people are then going to go into their local post office and hear a conversation and be able to recommend you. You never know the opportunity someone else is connected to. And that is how that is how you grow a personal brand. And I've done this now in several different capacities in different fields. And you can do it quickly. Mm-hmm. But you don't do it if you don't believe you're good enough. And sometimes this trips people up. Well, how can I be good enough when I haven't yet won the awards and I haven't yet um, got the accolades and I've not written the book, but somebody else has written? How, how can I do it? But I think when you come back to that kind of mission behind your work, you can already own, I'm doing what I'm doing because, for example, I want to help people feel more confident because I felt confi- uh, lacking in confidence myself. Yeah. And you can own that. You can own that journey to where you are. Even if you've only just woken up to that, that being the thing you want to do, or you've just retrained, or you're just starting a business, you can always share yourself. And then the more you show up of that, the more you share of why, why, why yeah. people get to understand what you're all about. But not if you hide. No. And if you don't tell people what you're great at, how are they to know? What are you great at, Natalie? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm great at everything. <laughs> <laughs> and now everyone knows. <laughs> um, I'm great at the d- discipline to make things happen. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I find is, has been a massive change in me, is the quitting of excuses. I don't make excuses anymore. I used to make a lot of them it will be, oh, I can't do this because of that, or that that needs to happen before that. It's like, no, just get out your own mm-hmm. way and go and do it. If I can be disciplined enough to go to the gym every day, I can be disciplined enough to do absolutely anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm really good at being able to help people understand that in themselves as well. I, I had my mastermind last night and there was, I'm not going to name names, but there was someone in there, and there's, there's something that they keep saying they're going to do and they, mm-hmm. they keep not doing it. And it was, okay, right, I'm going to have this done by Monday. I'm like, if you don't get this done by Monday, you realise that's your responsibility. And my straight talking was like them going, oh, fuck, I need to get this done. Because this, if I don't get this done, it, it's holding back the, the next part. Yeah. And 
that's what I'm really good at, making people understand the importance of getting out of their own way. And that that's what creating some level of success or confidence in yourself comes down to. That is it. Just yeah. getting on and doing the stuff and committing to it and deciding that you can. That's the thing. That you can. Just choosing, choosing that you can, deciding and making that decision. It's like, if, I, if I've decided something's going to happen, it's happening. Mm-hmm. One way or another, I'll make it happen. Yeah. Until the I've, time when you decide it's not something you want anymore. Yeah. Which is uh, why a few things are being wrapped up in other areas. You know, mm-hmm. you have to know what's right for you and trying different things out. I think that's yeah. part of the excitement of life, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think as entrepreneurs, we get we get to do that. We get to do that. We get to play in our businesses. And if you've lost that playfulness or adventure in your business, then maybe it's time to shift what you're doing. Definitely. So what would be your top three tips for people for increasing their self-confidence? Notice what you're saying. Make different choices. Ones that actually support you. Surround yourself with the people who you maybe haven't found yet, but are being positive about the things they're doing. You have to actively find those people. Joining courses, joining masterminds um actively seek them out because when you're choosing to step into a more confident version of you that can actually be quite intimidating for people around you because it's unsettling the status quo um and i think be mindful of who you're sharing your hopes and dreams with while they're still in that fragile state i think that's my third thing Again, it comes down to the people, doesn't it? But I'm a big one. You, you share with people your hopes and dreams when you're already on the way and you tell people over and over, this is what's coming for me. Not about manifesting necessarily, but the more people you tell what you're doing, the more quickly those opportunities will come to you. But if you're in that really fragile state, particularly with a business idea or you want to write a book or whatever it is, and you haven't got people around you who are actually going to go, yeah, that's a great idea. And they're more likely to be the ones who say, what you? Mm-hmm. Don't share it with them. They're not the people. And that, unfortunately, that's them. often people who are close yeah. to you. That could be your, your best friend from school that you've known for 30 years. That could be your parents. Um, they might love you and you might think they're trying to be loving, but actually it can be quite sabotaging. So just be careful who you share that stuff with. I think oftentimes with stuff like that is because they don't understand they're scared for you yeah. and for themselves. Yeah. When you think, you know, we've, we've been indoctrinated through, from birth. If you think about the, the system of, you know, mm-hmm. being born, going to school, get a job, like that's safe. And people celebrate that when you get a new job and you celebrate this, but not often when you decide to step out on your own. That's the time actually when you need that extra support of, where, where you know you, you're in the unknown you don't know what's happening and you are lacking more in confidence because it is brand new and because it's unknown that's when you need people to go and that is and I think actually when it comes back to podcasts and why they're so important is that if you haven't got those people immediately around you find a podcast that can keep you going find yeah. the audiobooks that speak to you because that might be your first taste of feeling like someone's got your back even if it's someone removed from you yeah so speaking of podcasts, what's your favorite podcast to listen to? <laughs> I want to say my own. 
This is a really tricky one because we produce lots, lots of really great podcasts now, but I'm not actually going to go with one we work work on. Um, I'm dipping in and out quite a lot of, with Jay Shetty at the moment um, on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tap in sometimes to Brené Brown, sometimes. sometimes. Um, and I've been listening quite a lot to Stephen Bartlett on the, what's it called? The Diary of a CEO. Is it good? I keep hearing lots about it. Um, I don't actually his podcast was really annoying me because he has so many thousands of downloads every single day that it was he was the one person it was hard to knock off the number one slot but we did it we did it with one of our shows but he he was speaking at an event I attended the other weekend but I missed his talk I didn't arrive till just after he'd finished and everybody was saying that because he's so young as well that um he'd actually he'd actually spoken a lot of truth and a lot of sense and that they can see why he's been so successful because he's got something very charismatic about him. So I'm just starting to dive in and find out a little bit more of this podcast that annoys me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, brilliant. Um, Okay. So I've got a few quick fire questions for the end and then you can tell people where to follow you and tell me about your new podcast that's coming up soon too. Yeah. So, so go, on. go on. Um, okay. Where are you happiest? Sitting on the sofa watching EastEnders with my with my kids and my dog. EastEnders. Actually, I know it's a dirty secret. Actually, I'm gonna change that. I'm actually happiest skiing and snowboarding in the Austrian Alps. That's nice. what I really want to be doing much more of. Um and yeah, long term, I want to own chalets out in the Austrian Alps. That's my kind of big plan around the corner. I like that. That's cool. Um, if you could change one thing in the world right now, what would it be? I think it would come down to how people see themselves. I think it's the work I'm doing now. That's why I'm doing the work. See yourself differently. See your own potential. Stop bloody moaning and you can change things. You know, when... Any of the issues we have in the world, poverty, famine, um, a climate, we could change that if people changed how they thought and behaved very, very quickly. And the reason a lot of those things don't get sorted is out of fear. And what if we didn't come from that place anymore? So I think it's about thought and behaviour. Coming from a a place that isn't fear would make Mm -hmm. a huge difference. Yeah. Massive difference. Yeah. Okay. So, would you rather walk or drive? Where am I going? And is it raining? <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say walk umbrella. because I couldn't walk for a long time. So I'm really grateful that I can. Yeah. Um, chocolate or crisps? <sighs> can I have both? No. And can it be a crisp sandwich? Crisp sandwich for the win. <laughs> <laughs> Salt and vinegar with ham in no, white no, bread no, no, and no. butter. That's no, what white I'm... bread and butter you are on, but it's yeah. just got to be ready salted crisps and nothing in the sandwich. It's just a crisp sandwich. Crisp sandwich, nice. Now I can't have one, but now I want one. <laughs> <laughs> I had one last night. I watched a video of... Um, uh, a friend of mine's husband, he's a comedian, and one of the things they had to do was eat an awful crisp sandwich. But it, it made me want one, so I did. Oh, so you ate one. Well, you got to enjoy. So um, maybe have one for me, and I'll do some more gym for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and would you rather go to a beach or a mountain? Mountain. 
after your skiing comments, so I thought that would be the answer. Yeah. Do you prefer Christmas or New Year? Mm. Christmas. Christmas. Um, roulette table, red or black? Red. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Um, would you rather travel on a boat or a plane? Plane. Um, where does ketchup go in the cupboard or the fridge? Fridge. <gasps> or if you ask my 11 year old son anywhere he chooses to leave it so last night it was on the sofa oh why oh why not why of course that's where it goes mm. and is a jaffa cake a cake or a biscuit a biscuit oh <laughs> i'm <laughs> gonna controversial i'm gonna go back to this collate all of the answers and do an episode just on whether a jaffa cake is a cake or a biscuit amazing <laughs> do it <laughs> oh well this has been brilliant thank you very much hope you've enjoyed yourself yeah it's always good to catch up natalie me too thank you um so where can people find you and tell us about your new podcast that's coming out too so my my current podcast is entrepreneurs get visible which is a lot about the mindset the confidence and the, the strategy to get visible in whatever type of business you are running and my next podcast my my project is coming out with I think it's going to be the first week in November and that's called Podcasting for Entrepreneurs, which will do exactly what it says on the tin, how to, how and why you can use that, this incredible platform to accelerate your business results. Um, so I, I think that there's lots of boring information out there about podcasting. And I actually think that it needs to be a little bit less dull. So that's what I'm hoping to bring to the table. <laughs> Get people excited about the, the medium. They should be. Podcast is is incredible. It brings you close to so many people and so many things that you otherwise wouldn't know. So yep. why would you not? Yeah, exactly. Cool. So where can people find you and follow you? I'm a big fan of online stalking. Just don't do it in person. I'm kind of everywhere. I'm kind of everywhere. My favorite is actually Facebook. And I run the podcast community for entrepreneurs on Facebook, which if you are thinking about podcasting or want to start maybe dipping your toe in and being a guest there's loads of opportunities in that facebook group and then from there you can just go down the rabbit hole of stalking me wherever you like we all do it <laughs> we, we do. do it people do it yeah. um, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of that um so i'll put all of the links in the show notes and everything and i'll let you know when it comes out mm -hmm. so thank you very much for being an amazing guest um i hope you've enjoyed yourself i have said that already but i'm gonna say it again <laughs> because <laughs> you double, doubly want me to enjoy myself well of course I want everyone to enjoy themselves that's what life's about life's too right. short to be miserable too true <laughs> so thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next one bye thanks for listening if you enjoyed this podcast please share it with people you think it will help and stay tuned and subscribe for weekly episodes Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube by searching for Natalie Arabella Bailey. And join the Better Together for Confidence and Mindset Facebook community to improve your confidence, network, and life. <laughs>